All right, this is Brent Leary, and with me right now is the one and only John Ferrara, CEO and founder of Nimble. John, thank you for joining me again. Brent, I continue to appreciate you inviting me on the show to enable me to get up on my uh, soapbox and to spread some uh, uh, relationship wisdom. There it is, relationship wisdom. Nice. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about something you you really started, or not started, but you've been championing for a while, sales, but now we have this term social sales and social selling, and, you know, that term has been around for a while now. It's been, you know, I think we've been talking about it for at least a couple years, two, three years, maybe longer. From when we first started talking about social selling to where we are today with it, how different is social selling today, and what are the main differences, if, it, if it's different at all? You know, Brett, sales has always been social. Business has always been social. People buy from people they like, and they like people who know them. And you can't know somebody without doing your homework, without doing your background research to get to know who that person is, who that company is, and figure out how you might best be able to serve them, because sales is about service. If you start out from the service mentality and you figure out how you can help that other business person or that company grow, from that perspective, if you do that on a daily basis, you will have success in selling. And so in the old days, we got to know somebody by going to their office and looking at their walls in order for us to figure out what we had in common in order to share that with that person to break the ice and establish the intimacy necessary for them to open up to you about your business issues so that a professional, you could then solve them. Today, we're doing electronically. The problem is, is we're doing it across all these different tabs and browsers, and it's been hard to manage the contacts and the conversations necessary to connect to people that matter and to build the necessary relationships that give you the opportunity for the business. And so social selling is a is not any different than the term social CRM, where we're starting to apply the idea of social to customer-facing business practices that allow us to do what is old-fashioned and smart, connecting to the right customer at the right time on the right channel with the right message, and authentically and relevantly building a relationship with them so you have the opportunity to serve them. All right, well, let's look at it from a standpoint of, uh, you, you hear the term or you hear the, this kind of percentage thrown out there between 80 to 85% of uh, customers today basically do all their buying process totally outside of a salesperson's purview. And by the time that they, uh, a salesperson is engaged, it's because the decision has already been made. So if you're not the, the, the lucky winner, <laughs> you don't even know that you're missing the business. How, well, I was just going to say, how, how has uh, the social selling, uh, how has it changed the game for the traditional salesperson, and what does it take for a traditional salesperson to be successful in the age of customer empowerment, technology, savvy people grabbing the ball by the bull by the and doing pretty much everything they need to make a decision and then reaching out and totally cutting out the salesperson, it seems like. 
Well, I think what you're basically saying is that there's a new buyer journey. There's a new social customer that in the old days, the marketing department would yell at them about how great their products and services were so they can interrupt that person and get them to line up in front of their salesperson who would control the conversation, control the marketing material, and bag them and tag them. That's the old way of selling. Today, customers, as you said, are doing their own homework. They're having conversations amongst themselves about what they're going to buy. And then they're making the buying decision uh, without talking to the salesperson. And then when they're ready, they reach out and they yell back to the company on whatever channel they want, whatever department they want, and expect an authentic adult response. And most companies' idea of dealing with that is to hire a 25-year-old kid and get in food suite to have them listen to who's yelling at them, or worse yet, to have the marketing department yell at the customer about how great their products and services are. And so today, the new social salesperson needs to participate in the buyer journey by being a trusted advisor who is paying the relationship forward by inspiring and educating them so that when they do make a buying decision or are considering buying something, they think about that salesperson and also bring their friends with them. And I have a, an acronym for that. It's called the five E's of social business. It's educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower your customer. And today, the intelligent social salesperson is giving their knowledge away on a daily basis by sharing content that educates the customer about the promise of the products and services. So you're not telling them how great your products are. You're teaching the customer how they can be great. And I call that teaching them to fish instead of telling them you sell fishing poles. And so that's one of the reasons why companies like LinkedIn have been buying up companies about content. They just bought Newsly two days ago. Before that, they bought Pulse. And on a regular basis, everybody is getting told that they need to build their personal brand and grow their professional network by sharing content that inspires and educates others, and then what they'll do is they'll bite on that content, and then what you need to do as a social salesperson is reel them in and connect to the right customer at the right time and nurture a relationship that results in a measurable business outcome. It, it, it sounds very easy when you put it like that, but, I mean, if, if you look at traditional sales folks who were not, you know, kind of, the millennial types that have been born and bred on, you know, social and live by a mobile device, and it's very second nature to them. Think about the, the more traditional folks and how, you know, the technology is one thing, but the actual strategy or the the, the culture that has changed for, from where the consumers are today to where, you know, the traditional sales folks may have came up in another time period. And we kind of saw this play out on the service side with the whole Comcast thing where, uh, you know, the service guy that was on the phone, he, he was using, you know, he was talking to a modern customer who had a SoundCloud account, and he was talking to them in a more traditional uh, manner of which, you know, closed uh, private conversation of the phone and I'm basically being very belligerent. So they're, you know, talking to a modern customer in the traditional mode, I don't care if it's a sales service or marketing, is is not going to work today. How do you get a salesperson who is 
you know, used to doing things and having a certain outcome, and it worked for them all these years, and now they're kind of faced with this whole new paradigm, how do you get them on board? Or do you get, do you have to leave them out and find people that are ready to deal with the customer the way the customers want to be dealt with today? Well, Brian, I think that's a great question. And as you move outside of the social tech Kool-Aid drinking coast into the middle of America and the rest of the world, where people still think that Facebook is someplace where you hook up with your high school sweetheart, that LinkedIn is a place to get a job, and that Twitter is a place where a bunch of propeller heads tell each other when we go to the bathroom, and they basically tell you that my customers are on social, so why should I be? It's hard to argue with those people, and you shouldn't. Because ultimately, what they're going to see is they're going to see their peers or their competitors are uh, are outmaneuvering them by being a modern salesperson who is focused on paying relationships forward by serving their customers as their trusted advisor. But you know what, Brent? This is nothing new. We sold this way 20 years ago. I kept email lists where I would share information that helped my customers grow, and I'd email that to them periodically to stay top of mind. And, in fact, um, if you look up a, a salesperson named Tracy Kennedy, go ahead and Google Tracy, you'll see that Tracy was a uh, more traditional sales guy who is out there working for Microsoft and has recently basically begun to build his brand and grow his network by sharing content and inspiring and educating others, it can be done. Look at IBM, probably one of the more traditional sales companies in the world that has traditionally used hunters and gatherers in order to um, in order to grow their customer base, where they would create marketing material and they would have the hunters identify people, and then the gatherers would go in and present marketing material. Even a company as big and as old as IBM is adopting social selling and empowering their customer-facing business team members to begin educating and engaging with customers and build their individual brands, which ultimately builds the company brand. And IBM is becoming a thought leader in social business and social selling by practicing what they preach. And if IBM can do it, well, heck, can't you and I? Let's <laughs> talk about... Uh, the importance of speed when it comes to connecting and selling today. Speed of response, speed of finding the right insights, speed of delivering the right kind of content. Is speed as important or more important today than it might have been for a salesperson five years ago? Absolutely, Brent. When somebody is ready to make a buying decision, if you are not part of that conversation during the moments where they're considering it, you're done. And so I'm going to give you a, an example of a, of a story about speed of signal. Um, on a regular basis, I share content every day to build my brand, grow my network, and build a nimble brand. And so I practice what I preach, and I share content. I probably get a 100... 150 signals a day of people plus wanting, liking, commenting, retweeting, or otherwise engaging with my brand, and then hundreds more on the Nimble brand, how do you figure out which one of those signals matters? So as a social salesperson, if you're at all successful at sharing content that inspires and educates, 
you then have to respond to those signals because the worst crime is to basically uh, is to create engagement and not follow through. And so there's a signal. Somebody's following me on Twitter. Now, Brent, do you go and look at who follows you every day on Twitter? Uh, I don't personally, but I know a lot of people who do. But you can't. You really can't. If you're at all successful, you can't monitor your signals. And that's why you need an intelligent relationship platform that will look at your signals, identify ones that matter, surface them into complete records that you can then authentically and relevantly connect to. And so I got a signal of somebody who followed me. Nimble told me, that that's the platform I built, by the way, nimble.com. Nimble told me that uh, that signal mattered, and so I basically reached that, pulled that signal out of the social river. Nimble built a record, and you know what it told me, Brent? The guy that followed me was the general manager and senior vice president of IBM's mid-market SMB group, this guy named John Mason. Now, do you think that is somebody that I should connect to? I would think yes. Yes. And so most, most people out there who aren't social savvy would send that person a LinkedIn invite, and they get a generic invite that basically said, come uh, join my professional network. And that's a cold call, Brent. And you know what? You know what I did? I used Nimble to walk into this digital footprint. I saw some content that he was sharing. I shared it. I added value to that content. And then I reached out, and the channel I reached out on was the channel he reached out to me on. He followed me on Twitter, so I direct messaged him. I DM'd him a message, and it was simple. John, thank you for the follow. I would love to connect to learn more about you and your team. He, I did that within an hour of him following me. 30 minutes from the moment I DM'd him, he DM'd me his cell phone number at said House Friday. Now, there is no way that I could have ever used LinkedIn to create that velocity of connection and speed and result, and that simple follow, which turned into a retweet, which turned into a direct message, which turned into an appointment, has now resulted in IBM selecting Nimble, not only as a partner to help them with social selling, they're using Nimble within the organization and looking at integrating Nimble into their key business platforms to add relationship intelligence, all because of a Twitter follow. And that is the story about speed. So if you're a salesperson today and you are not out there walking in your customer's footprint, adding value to the conversation so that they see you as a trusted advisor and they, uh, so that they will reach out to you when they are considering making a mind decision, if you're not hearing those signals and engaging in a timely fashion, you're done. All right. All right. So we just talked about, you know, the speed piece and that was great. I want to, uh, Get your idea on you know, all things considered equal, seeing a salesperson is, you know, really good people skills, really good communicator, all that kind of stuff. Uh, given all that, give me a percentage breakdown of the importance, you know, adding up to 100% of, in today's world, with today's customer, of instincts to insights. What percentage makeup does a good salesperson need who has all the, the skills, communication skills, and dealing with today's customer, what percentage of insight and in, uh, instinct do they need to be successful? That's a great 
great question, Brent. Ultimately, I think that serving is about understanding your customer. In order to understand them, you need to listen. And uh, an insight is what you'll derive from listening. If you're smart, you're going to use a uh, an intelligent relationship platform that automatically listens for you and builds records and maintains them. But that being said, instinct is critical to being able to do something with intelligence. And so if you get two people the same intelligence, the result may be completely different because they know what to do with it. And people's skills are still so critically important to uh, business success because a large part of doing business is being able to understand people react to uh, where they're at, what they need, and to do that on a on a uh, on an effective basis. And so, hmm, percentage. I'm gonna say that uh, the instinct outweighs uh, insights, and, uh, and and it's gonna be sixty forty or or even maybe even seventy thirty. Interesting. If I were to ask you that question five years ago, would what would those numbers be? And if I ask you five years from now, what would those numbers be? Um, I think that five years from now, the insight and the intelligence in, uh, in smart relationship uh, systems are going to be able to be a second brain for people that don't have the instincts uh, uh, that maybe have by preferring um, people. And I think that certainly we get a relationship engagement. Okay, so you're starting to cut out on me there. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if you gave me a percentage or not, but why don't you just give me for five years out, you said uh, currently we're at 70, 70% instinct. 30% insight, but five years out, with, like you said, the, the growth of technology and intelligence systems, where, what percentage will we be in five years? I think that it's more like 60-40 today. Uh, instincts and insights. And that we're moving more towards a balance of power to 50-50, where uh, the, the insights will start to equal instincts and even get to the point where the insights can aid a person who doesn't have as deep of instincts. If I think You're cutting out again. I just want to make sure. I, I, I got the, you said it was going to be in five years. It's going to be closer, I guess, to an even split. Yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're, we're, you're starting to cut out, so. Let me, let me call you, call you, um, <laughs> yeah, we totally didn't get any of that. Um, <laughs> what's, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not better. I just I just want to get 
I just want to get that one piece because that would that would be a good ending. Um, so I I I think you were saying it was getting closer to in five years with the developments of intelligence and then, and I guess better uh, systems to deliver that in real time. Insights and instincts are going to be kind of on this even keel there, as opposed to currently 60-40 instinct to insight. John Ferrar. All right, that sounds better. <laughs> okay. So I just want to go over this again then, because sure. I want to end. I kind of want to end with this because this is actually really good. Um, so you said today, as it stands now, you would say that instincts are sixty percent and insights are forty percent. Now let's go five years out. What is it then in five years? Well, Brent, I really believe that the intelligent engagement and relationship systems are going to balance the power of people with less experience, and the intelligence that will be provided by these systems are going to drive it closer to 50-50. And I can see a time where a human being aided with a second-brain intelligent relationship platform could outperform somebody within things without the insights. So, in other words, and I guess, you know, with the timing element, you probably get even more critical. So, having having a system that allows for uh, some insights to be gathered, maybe even in real time, that becomes as important, if not even more so, than uh, instincts. And, you know, a lot of people, traditional and, you know, maybe folks who are just are used to going with their gut, um, and, you know, that's very instinctual based on their experience, um, that might not be enough going forward. What may be, be trumping that is the, a salesperson who has actual concrete data boiled down into specific insights and using that in a, a, an efficient time period to leverage engagement to a prospect. That might actually, having that at hand may actually be as important, if not more important, than kind of relying on your gut. It it is more important, and it will become more important. And I believe that being able to connect to the right customer at the right time, on the right channel, with the right message, and to be able to effectively uh, stay top of mind with them is critical to business success, and this is one of the reasons why we built the Nimble platform. It's one of the reasons why Salesforce just spent $350 million on Relate IQ is because relationship intelligence is critically important to your business success, and um, and that's why we're here to help you. All right, this has been a great conversation, as usual, with John Ferrara. John, 
where can people learn more about how Nimble helps salespeople do just what we talked about? Well, all they need to do is go to Nimble.com. Uh, Nimble is uh, a pioneer in relationships intelligence that helps you to engage and connect more effectively and turn uh, relationships into revenue, connections and into conversations. And uh, with our new smart relationship app, it helps you to hover and discover to click and connect to people that matter, empowers your social selling success.